You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. We're live on a Monday. It's Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh right here on the game. It's 1037 Lafayette, 1041 in Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. What's up, Matt Miguez here? Hope you had a great weekend. I know I did. The producer, the co-host, the man of many talents. I completely agree. You've gotten everything right so far. James Mesh, how you doing, bud? Doing all right. How about you? I'm good, man. I'm good. It is a it is a Monday. It's rained again. It is. We've we've continued the streak because I don't think it didn't not rain. You see, over I'm, the weekend, I'm not even gonna hold my breath. That oh, you know, tomorrow it might not rain. No, <laughs> I'm I'm fully expecting rain every day for the remainder of my life. Oh, of your life? Yes. Because how long the, do you expect to live? I mean, I don't really know. <laughs> I know you. I, I don't want to bring it up, but I, I know you have a certain fear. Oh, uh, I, I do. Want, and I don't. And I didn't want to bring it up, but I, I, I do. Um, for for those of you that think that it's crazy, um, the the phobia of death is, is very real. But you you'd be surprised. There are actually quite a few people that have that same fear. It, yeah. It's 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 the same thing with like arachnophobia. Yeah. Or yeah. you're you're scared of heights. Like it. It, it just kind of depends on the person. I, I have I have a fear of what's to come. Um, but anyways, that's not sports related whatsoever. So we've got a lot to get to, and today we're going to start with some top stories. And then at four thirty, Wilson Alexander of the Advocate will join us for Tiger Talk, like he does each and every Monday. And then at five thirty, we're going to start doing some. High school football previews. Matt McCullough, the head coach of the Acadiana Reckon Rams, who you can hear this year on MeTV 97.7, will join us to give a preview of his Rams football team. 11-3 and last year, a great year, but not quite up to Acadiana standards. So we'll see what they've done this offseason to fix that and get back on the right track over there in... Scott Lafayette-ish area. That that's a weird corner to describe. You know what part of town that actually is? Because like it's close to Scott, but then it's really like Southwest Lafayette. It's confusing. Anyways, your poll question of the day. Yeah, there's actually two of them. I was gonna say poll questions. So our football bracket matchup, which by the way went swimmingly throughout the weekend. I really appreciate everybody that has contributed to that. Last two, we're, we're looking good so far. You've got the replacements and draft day. And then you've got gridiron gang and the longest yard. Now, I'm going to be nice with the whole longest yard thing. I put in the poll question that longest the longest yard could be either version. That's fair. Because for me, I would pick the Adam Sandler, but I know a lot of people like the original if you, version if, better. If you can, I'll, we will accept either version. Uh, so whether it's Adam Sandler's or Burt Reynolds, 
you know, we'll, we'll take it either way. So far, the longest yard is dominating Gridiron Gang. 78.9% want the longest yard to move on. While on the other conversation, it, it's a it's a pretty wide margin. Again, the replacements, 71.4% over draft days, 286 James, I, I don't know that one of your favorite movies is going to be moving on. Draft day? Yeah. It's behind <sighs> Do I it's, have to do I have to just do I have to behind. make like do I have to make like fifteen accounts to get it going? You might have to. You might have to. Yeah. Um I, I, I may have to rig this. So that'll decide our fourth second round matchup. But our first three second round matchups have been decided. Uh, it'll be Remember the Titans against Jerry Maguire. Any given Sunday against the blind side. Friday Night Lights against the Water Boy. Now, there's no way that the Water Boy wasn't moving on, right? I mean, it's a... It's an all-time classic. It's a Louisiana cult classic. I could sit here for the next 30 minutes... And, and just quote and, it. And probably quote to you a good 30% of the movie. Oh, no. We, we suck, suck again. again. Hey, you, you remember when Bobby Boucher came back at halftime on the bourbon bowl and, and the mud dogs won the game, do you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great movie. Anyways, so some top stories to get to for LSU. John Emery suspended again. And it really doesn't make sense. We'll dive into that. Chandler Fields has been named the starting quarterback for the Louisiana Raging Cajuns. We'll dive into that as well. And how about 51 offensive linemen throughout college football getting some NIL deals from Hooters? Good good on Hooters, man. The You know, offensive linemen, I don't know that they ever get the love that they deserve. But, I mean, that's a a, a essential group, right? I mean, w- without offensive linemen, what good is your offense? You're not going anywhere. So if anything, are, you're going backwards without them. So they are incredibly important, and uh, it has they have decided to sign offensive line groups rather than individual players. So it's 51 athletes from 10 different universities including Auburn, LSU, Oklahoma, Miami, Georgia Tech, Missouri, Texas A&M, Vanderbilt, Florida Atlantic, and USF. So some some big names, the ones from the Tigers, Cardell Thomas, Miles Frazier, Marcus Dumerville, getting NIL deals with Hooters. It's been reported that they spent in total about $2.5 million across these 51 players. So if you do the math... It's about fifty grand a kid. That's a that's a pretty good payday for uh, for for a college athlete. So congrats to those guys. That's huge. That's awesome. Uh, here in Acadiana, don't forget to watch us on the simulcast on Stadium thirty two point three and channel one thirty three on LUS Fiber. Also, if you want to get in on the action seven zero six zero one one one, you can call on the game hotline or. You don't feel like calling the hotline. You can hit us up on social media at Matt, or you can hit James up at James instead of a J, it's a Y, James Mesh 
on social media. We're going to recap the Saints game as well as they fell to the Green Bay Packers Friday night, 20-10. to Will Lutz came back, had a boot, 59-yard field goal to end the first quarter to tie it up at 3-3. to Chris Olave getting his first NFL touchdown off of a beautiful ball from Ian Book. Still the turnovers were there. Still some definitely some things the Saints need to clean up. But the straw that broke the camel's back was a former LSU Tiger. How about Danny Etling running for 51 yards to the house? You know what's funny? When I saw that run, you know what it reminded me of? His like 90-yarder yep. when he was with the Patriots. It was same play, just boot out bootleg out to the right and there's just and nobody I, I saw it and i saw him pretty much make that turn and pretty much turn straight forward i'm like yeah he's gone i know he's got i know he's got the legs for it i was about to say he's pretty quick for a quarterback oh dude he's fast he, he's pretty quick he's ve- he's very very fast so the saints fall to zero and two in the preseason good thing the preseason doesn't matter right well to be fair we're also seeing a bunch of backups well that's all that's very true um but yes, it is good to see that the Saints have not started 0-2. Right. Right. Like the real Saints. Uh, like like how we saw in 2012 and 2014 and 2015 and 2016. Yikes. They will wrap up the preseason on Friday against the Chargers with a 7 o'clock kickoff. couple of roster moves already made over the weekend. KJ Costello has been cut as well as Devin Azigbo. Which is funny because I would have thought uh, I got that completely wrong when it came to the quarterbacks. They literally were like, yeah, we've literally seen enough of Andy Dalton. So they just had Ian Book play the whole game. But I would have thought at least KJ could have played a little bit of the fourth like how Danny Etling did. But no, we saw Ian Book the whole game. So the KJ, whole game. KJ didn't even get a chance to prove what he could do on the field. I mean, what was it? Uh, and I guess their their reasoning is... He was more he was more of just an extra arm to throw the receivers while Jameis was out, which well, not, is fair. Well, not only that, but say he would have played, you know, the second half, would he have been able to do enough to where it would to, have made a to, difference? To keep himself on the roster right. and make it to the last preseason? Probably game? not. Probably not, but at least give him some action. That way he could have done an audition at least somewhat for another team. Yeah. But right that, now he true. just for the whole game he just stayed on the bench. That's uh that that's very true. That's very true. Don't forget to vote on our poll questions of the day. The football bracket matchup will start round two tomorrow on social media. Interesting thing to to look at over the next couple of days, James. So we talked with Jacob Rudner last week from Florida about their new um their new football facility, their new eighty five million dollar facility on campus. I'm reading, so media got to tour the facility today. Their new lockers, which is becoming a trend. You've got the storage up top. You've got the storage behind the seat. And then where they sit can recline into like a full-size recliner. And that that's becoming the trend in, in new facilities throughout the country. LSU has them now, blah, blah, blah. It has been reported that each player's locker cost around $15,000. Oh. 
Oh my. $15,000 for a locker. And then you bought 100 of them? You bought, you bought 100 of them? That's $1.5 million? Yikes. On lockers. Alone. On lockers. Not to mention, there's a brand new weight room, a brand new indoor practice facility, a barber shop. Yes, there is a barber shop in their football facility offering players free haircuts year-round. I mean... Can I join the football team? Can I be a manager? Can I be a part of getting free haircuts? Like, just some... Haircuts have gotten expensive. You, you see this right here? This costs $40. You didn't even put in product today. I did not. Can you tell? Yes. Damn. That's unfortunate. I was hoping it, it wasn't obvious. <laughs> I was hoping it was not obvious. Wow, James called me out. What's the matter with you? I do it because I love you. Oh, my God. All right, 706-0111 if you want to get in on the show. As a reminder, football season is here. The game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, wants to crown you the tailgating king. It's the ultimate tailgate giveaway powered by St. Landry Lumber, Austin's Outdoors, and the game. Score $500 to chop specialty meats and Broussard. A new grill with accessories, a cooler, a set of chairs, a $500 Visa gift card, tickets to LSU and Rage Cajun football games, and much more. Not sure how you need more, but I guess there's more. Enter in the Game Rewards Club, 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It's the Ultimate Tailgate Giveaway, powered by St. Landry Lumber, Austin's Outdoors, and the Game. It's Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Take a timeout right here. When we return, James and I have been bickering over the weekend about fantasy football scoring. We'll break down our conversation and, and really why here on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. You're listening to the game at Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Welcome back. It's Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh right here on the game. It's 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. You're home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Matt Miguez, James Mesh. All right, James, you and I had a conversation. We can we can call it that. We can be nice and call it that. Um, we fought like brothers, basically. There about, it is. About fantasy football scoring. Because um, I'm, I'm going to explain. Now, I'm going to start. But before you, you state your case, I am going to tell you that you gave a very valid case. Yes. It, it makes a lot of sense. Yes. However, I'm, I'm still going to state why I believe <laughs> that a passing touchdown should be six points for a quarterback. Okay, but let's let's give some context. So, with us, if you're wondering, there are going to be fantasy football leagues like we did last year, but it's Ooh. not going to be the exact same. See, we're not going to be doing a live draft at Buffalo Wild Wings or Twin Peaks. We're just going to be doing it by ourselves in the morning. They're going to have RP3 and company and Hannah Five Names. They're going to have one together. RP3 and Hannah will be together. They'll each be co-commissioners. Clint will have his own for his Saturday show under the Dome with CD. If you want to join that league, go ahead. If you want to join RP3 and Hannah, go ahead. But you and I, Matt and I, we will have our own as well, and we'll be co-commissioners as well. And everybody listening right now knows that James and I will have the best league of the three. 
Of course, because we have the most experience of handling this these types of situations. And we also have the most experience of winning. That too, because I have no idea what it looks like for Ray. And this is only <laughs> Hannah's second year. Uh, we know how to win, ladies and gentlemen. So we're going to do this. James is going to have more information on the setup of the league and how you can get in and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, if you want to join our league, DM us on Twitter, DM us on Instagram, message us on Facebook, however you want to do it. And if you want to join us, just let us know if you want to join any one of the others. It's going to be a 14-team league to start off, but if we get super close and we still only have 12, we'll just roll with 12. But I haven't made the league yet. But if you want to let, if you want to tell us, once I make the league, I'll I'll just need like an email, and obviously you tell me your name, and I'll send it over and send you an invite. Right. So if you want to join, like he said, either message one of us on Twitter, <coughs> message the station on Facebook. Either way, whatever way is easiest for you. If you want to find us on Twitter, I am at Miguez Matt. I am at Yami's Mesh. Yami's James, James Mesh, but change the J to a Y. Also. The app, it's not going to be the ESPN Fancy app. It's not going to be the Yahoo app. We're doing it on the Sleeper app. So, which, which is the best fantasy app on the market. Exactly. It's the best one on the market. Best league gets the best app. Plain and simple. So, again, if you want to join us, DM us on Twitter. Hit us up on Facebook. Also on Instagram if you have it. Whichever way you want to do it. And basically the way we're going to do it is it's first come, first serve. First 14 people. To, to or first twelve people technically because James would we you and I would have separate teams wouldn't we yes okay so yeah so the first twelve people to to contact us and, and say they want to be a part of the league would uh, would get in so first come first serve so if you want to get in with James and I you know get in quickly it'll it'll dry up pretty quickly all right so let's talk about the scoring because we had a little bit of a debate a little bit of an issue however you want to call it. I look at it as the QB scoring should be four points per passing touchdown, but if the QB catches it himself for some reason or rushes in for a touchdown, it still counts as six. But as a passing touchdown, I say four points. Which I just my my thing is is in in that, you know, say you run a trick play and the quarterback catches it at six points. A running back runs it in at six points. Mm-hmm. A receiver catches it. It's six points. If a quarterback runs it in, it's six points. So my thing is this. Why wouldn't a passing touchdown be six points? Now, I get where you were coming from last night with the statistic about how... You yeah, know, and, and I can dive into that. Right. I just... My, my, thing, my thinking is, is that it should be consistent across the board. And... I don't know that it really creates an advantage for any one player in the league because if everybody's quarterbacks is getting six points for per passing touchdown, then it works out to be the same. Which, it, it makes sense. I mean, if you, you want to try and have as much consistency as possible. It's just for me, most of the time, even if you have good running backs and good receivers, the quarterbacks are usually going to be your leading scorer anyway. And my thing is, you want to have it be a balancing act. Quarterback is already such a high commodity. You have plenty of good ones where 
even if you have some garbage touchdowns or some garbage yards in the fourth quarter, it still counts as points for you. And you could have somebody like Kirk Cousins, who's not a great quarterback, but pretty good in fantasy because he always finishes top 12 because he throws maybe some garbage yards and some garbage touchdowns or plays decently well enough in a game where it doesn't really matter. The game's already lost. It's just for me, I want to lower it and not and kind of even it out because when you think about it, quarterback, they touch the ball every play or 99.9% of the time. They touch it already. They're the one who decides who gets the ball, whether they hand it off to the running back or a receiver on like a trick play, or they throw it to maybe the running back or any of the receivers or the tight ends. So the fact that they get credit for all the touchdowns, unless it's a rushing touchdown, they get all they get all the credit and are a part of the passing touchdown. It's just they get they touch the ball so much more compared to a receiver who maybe gets five catches for 60 yards, and they really no. rely on that touchdown to help boost their fantasy score, whereas with the quarterback, they're usually throwing for 260 nowadays and two or three touchdowns. And if you keep adding that up, that's going to be 20-plus every time. So the fact that you want to add two more points to it, it's, it increases their amount. I'm all for big numbers, but at the same time, I like to try and have a balancing act when it comes down to it. See, I can remember one time I had a... Uh... I had Patrick Mahomes, and I was the commissioner, and I had set it to six. He had 480 yards uh, and I think five, five touchdowns. touchdowns. Yeah, he probably threw for seven. He probably he had, had 70 points. Yeah. It, like, I, don't, I thought it was awesome. I sure, thought it was awesome. Like I said, I love seeing big numbers. That's why, I, that's why I'm not as huge on defense, and I love big scoring games. Like that Chiefs-Rams game a few years back, See, I loved that. If I was commissioner, you wouldn't pick a defense. You wouldn't pick a defense. But for me as well, what I do is I ask everybody, do you want a defense? Do you want a kicker? Yep. Do you, do you want to run multiple flexes? Do you want a super flex? Like I, See, I, would, I, I like to give people options. That way they feel like they have a voice. I, in would the do, I would do the multiple flexes or even a super flex where it could be a second quarterback. Yeah, you, you were one of the few that voted for that in our league. I just I, I feel like that's more fun. But... Look at Hannah's team. Hannah Hannah showed us her league in her in her family league. Who was her leading? Who was her highest projected score? Mahomes. Okay. How many How many points was he projected? What was it? Twenty three. Twenty two. Twenty two. What was her next highest? Was it Alave? No, he had nine. He was projected nine. It was eleven. Her Her second highest projection was Zeke with thirteen point seven. Oh, like, yeah. do you do you see the gap? No, I I I there's, get it. There's a huge gap. I I I 100 know that the quarterback is the highest point scoring guy, and it's by a wide margin. I get it. And it's like if you increase it to six, then all the quarterbacks are going to be gone by the end of round two. But you see, I'm also the guy, and that completely throws everything else off when it comes to drafting running backs and receivers and tight ends. But I'm also a big fan of PPR leagues. And I'm keeping PPR. I always do PPR. That's why I like the extra help of getting running backs and receivers and tight ends more points. That way it's not so skewed. Because I've been a part of leagues where you get like, what, 0.1 or 0.5 you get point, per catch? You get 0.1 for every yard. Some people do half PPR, which I don't like. I don't get that. Yeah, I, I like full PPR. I almost like tight end premium where the tight end's only the tight ends get one and a half points per reception. Whereas 
receivers and running backs get one. Yep. I like that because for tight ends, that's such a scarce position. It is. It is. So, um, again, me me and James starting a fantasy football league. Going to be a lot of fun. We haven't set the date for the draft yet. We're we looking will. to do it that mon- Monday night. Uh, yeah, Labor September- Day. Yeah, yeah, Labor Day that way. I'm not here too late, and you'll probably be off work, and you could just yeah. draft with us online. E- either that or I'll just do it here. Yeah. Well, because um, I was thinking right after the show, do it at 630. Yeah, that that could work. So tentatively, September 5th, 630. Um, and again, as we get more information, we will we will get it out to you guys. Clint Domain says non-PPR leagues are communist. I mean, precisely, precisely, absolutely. The Game Clubhouse, one zero three seven, thegame dot com, or one zero four one, thegame dot com, can help you with your date night blues. It's because once you become a member of our rewards club, you'll have the opportunity to win some excellent prizes, like a one hundred and fifty dollars gift certificate to Mister Lester Steakhouse in Cypress Bayou, a fifty dollars gift certificate to Acadiana Bar and Grill in Youngsville, or a twenty five dollars gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen. The only way to score these great prizes. You gotta join the clubhouse. 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It's simple, it's free. So why don't you sign up today? We'll take a time out when we return. Wilson Alexander will join us for Tiger Talk. Got a lot to get to. John Emery suspension. How's the quarterback battle looking? How's the kicking battle looking? And are there still questions on the offensive line? All that and more coming your way. Crunch time with me guys and mesh on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Johnson throws. Boutte's got it wide open at the 10. Far side. He's in for the score. Hit high. Hammered to left field. Going back, taking a look is Holcomb, and it's gone! Time to talk all things Bayou Bengals with the advocates, Wilson Alexander. Here is Tiger Talk on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Wilson Alexander, thanks for taking the time, man. How are you? I'm doing well, Matt. How are you this afternoon? I'm doing well, man. Thanks for asking. So let's start with question number one, looking at the Tigers. They held a scrimmage on Saturday. You know, what were your thoughts on the scrimmage? What did Brian Kelly have to say after? You know, what are you, what's your take on that? Well, we only got about half an hour out there. Uh, and the, the thing we could kind of see in that time was, you know, some shuffling on the offensive line uh, was probably the main takeaway simply from what happened at practice. Of course, there's the whole John Emery situation as well but you know they tried a different pairing with will campbell at left tackle miles frazier at left guard garrett dellinger at center anthony bradford at right guard and cameron wire at right tackle um you know it seemed like maybe the offensive line would be set with a a slightly different variation on that um but they continue to try some different combos as they look for that best starting five now you, you talked about how they shifted around you also mentioned the john emory situation for, for, for somebody who, who's maybe a little confused on that, walk us through that story because from what I can understand, his grades have drastically improved from last year. Where's the suspension coming from? Yeah, so there, there's still a lot of unknowns about this entire situation, unfortunately. And, and you know, there's things that are uh, covered um, by FERPA, and a lot of it would have to come, you know, depending on what Emory's family, you know, wants to 
say and reveal. Um, but I, my understanding is that, yes, he has been in good academic standing and just doing all the right things on the football side of things, and he's responded really well um, ever since Kelly came in as the head coach to what he wants. Um, but there are some sort of lingering issues, whatever those exactly are, is, is unclear, related to the academic suspension from a year ago. Um, that ineligibility that kept him out an entire year. Um, so he is facing a two-game suspension to start the year that's, that's you know all left over from that in some way. Um, I was told by some sources that you know they're trying to kind of work through that. So there is a possibility that it gets reduced. Um, there's some hope even. Um, memories, uh, some people around Emory who, uh, that, that it doesn't happen at all. Um, but that's what he would be facing right now. Uh, would have to miss the Florida State in the Southern game, but then he would be available for the rest of the year. Now you were at the scrimmage on Saturday. What did you see out of out of the quarterbacks? You know, with with Garrett Nussmeyer and Jaden Daniels still doing battle for that number one spot. Yeah, not a lot uh, that we could tell uh, in that half an hour that they had open to us on Saturday. Uh, Jaden Daniels continued to take the first reps, um, um, but they I think they can I think they were also splitting them. Later in practice, based on what I heard, uh, Garrett Nussmeyer was getting some, you know, some run with the ones. Uh, the biggest thing kind of coming out of it was, you know, asked about the quarterbacks afterward, and Brian Kelly said that he wouldn't be surprised if both of them got an opportunity to play at some point this season. You know, they've been wanting to avoid a true on full, like, you know, two-quarterback system, um, but it was interesting to hear him say that, that he wouldn't be surprised if they both got a chance at some point, um, but also that they're going to have to make a decision, in his words, pretty quickly here about the Florida State game. Now the, the one one story that I've seen is that the secondary has started to really, you know, come together throughout camp. Who's stepping up in, in that back in that back defensive area to really make an impact for this team? Major Burns is a is a huge name at safety uh, to know uh, with what he's been doing. They really like his communication skills, how quickly he processes information and relays it to everybody else in the secondary and even at linebacker and the rest of the defense. Uh, you know, he played five games last year before a foot injury kept him out even all the way through spring practice. Um, but he's kind of seems to maybe overtaken Joe Fouché at safety. Uh, they'll probably both play. I mean, Matt House said that they, they would because they're going to need, need them and, be, and rotate a little bit. But Major's been a big uh, oncomer. And then the other name that's really surprised a lot of people is Colby Richardson. Um, he was a transfer from McNeese State who never really played a ton at McNeese State. He wasn't a big star over there or anything. But he's come to LSU. He's jumped from 167 to 190 pounds. So physically, he's a lot more capable of keeping up with the receivers in the SEC. And even if he doesn't start, he's certainly become a key rotational player for LSU this year and has given them a lot more confidence in the second and at cornerback, along with Jarek Bernard Converse, Makai Garner, and Seven Banks. Now, going back to the quarterback thing, Brian Kelly said that he would need to move quickly with a decision. Did he happen to give a, a timeline of when they planned to, to make that decision? No, unfortunately he did not. <laughs> um, you know, saying pretty quickly here, you know, maybe it'll come in the next week or so, but uh, he did not have anything specific on that. Chat with Wilson Alexander of The Advocate here on Tiger Talk. Last week we talked about, you know, Jack Besh dealing with some shin splints, a couple other injuries to note. Well, what's the latest on the health standpoint of the team? You know, health, they look really, really pretty healthy. I mean, every time you say that, you know, knock on wood and everything, because um, you know how quickly that kind of thing can change. I mean, gosh, we saw last year with LSU's injuries, uh, just never seemed to stop. Right. Now, Jack is, 
seems like he's uh, back fully, um, or if he's not completely full, he's very close to it, which is a great sign. Both him and Chris Hilton were running during the brief team periods at the beginning uh, of practice on Saturday with that second team offense. Um, they had not been doing any full team uh, drills this entire preseason uh, as they were dealing with some stuff. And so that's going to be interesting to see how that affects what LSU does rotationally at wide receiver when you also have Kyron Lacey and Brian Thomas kind of vying for those fourth and fifth spots. Um, but they've been participating in the whole preseason. So that was a great sign. Um, and they really don't have much else on the injury front to note. Armani Goodwin um, was working with some athletic trainers off to the side uh, right at the beginning of practice, but then he came back out and was standing with the rest of the offense uh, later on. So um, they're, they're pretty healthy right now. Now another position battle that's still largely undecided is place kicker. You know, what's the what's the latest that you've been you've seen or you've heard from that battle? You know, it, it's, it's still open. They have not named a starter, and it's not quite clear when they're going to or even who necessarily they're leaning to. Um, if you want to read between the tea leaves a little bit, Brian Kelly said uh, that Damian Ramos has had a good camp, that he's been uh, you know, kicked pretty well and been impressive. We did see him miss a 38-yarder at practice a couple weeks ago, but that was because of a bad snap, so that wasn't quite on, on him. Um, you know, they're breaking in a new holder and a new snapper as well as a new kicker, and so there's some kinks that have got to be worked out there, which could end up you know, being a concern that rears its head at some point during the season. So Damian Ramos is you know, maybe the guy who ends up being the kicker, but you still got to think about Nathan Dybert, true freshman who was the number two kicker in the country, according to Coles, which is kind of like the premier kicking um, recruiting service. And then, of course, also Ezekiel Mata and Trey Finneson, um, Finneson being a walk-on from Northwestern who has had some experience kicking off. That's also an area that they've got to revamp after uh, Avery Atkins, you know, uh, graduated and moved on. So uh, a lot to figure out in the kicking game. Now, going back to the John Emery situation, if he is suspended for those first two games, what's the running back room looking like behind him? I know you talked about Armani Goodwin being with the trainers. Who Who's in that room that can really step up behind him? Noah Kane uh, would be the big one. And it's interesting, even before this news came out, kind of throughout camp, um, you know, is this a reason? You know, it's kind of unclear if this was happening because they knew what was going on with Emory, or because simply he was getting passed up because he, he didn't look like he, the number one running back uh, throughout camp to this point. Uh, that had been Noah Kane for the most part. Armani Goodwin had been getting some reps as well with the ones in practice last week, and him and Noah were kind of sharing things. And, our, and it looks like John had kind of slid down to being the third team running back. Uh, Noah, they like, you know, they want him to, wanted him when he first got here, show some more physicality, a little bit more elusiveness in the open field, Brian Kelly said. But, you know, he hit the hole well. He gets north and south quick, gets his pads down. It's going to be a running back by committee situation, no matter who's available. Um, as Brian Kelly said on Saturday, Leonard Fournette is not in that room. They don't just have the straight bell cow this year. So it's going to be a couple of different guys contributing. Um, the ones we've mentioned, and as well as Josh Williams, a former walk-on who looked really good in a blitz pickup in particular one day. Um, he'll contribute on third down, you would think. Lastly, the offensive line, you, you talked about it when on Saturday. There was there was still some shuffling around. Some names that, that you mentioned, that who who's really stepped up at that spot to maybe you know solidify a starting spot and maybe answer some of those questions? It's hard to tell. Uh, Will Campbell is going to be a start, the starter at left tackle. Nobody's pushing Will, and, and he's just been phenomenal ever since the spring. And looks just, I mean, you know, there might be times he struggles as a freshman, um, but he it looks ready to play uh, right away. Garrett Dellinger has also seemed to maybe do enough at this point to start at center. 
Um, but because Brian Kelly, you know, said and, and made sure to say that after struggling with snaps during a fully open practice on Thursday, that he'd had two straight days of snapping. They, I think, looks like they want him to take over that spot because physically he's just much bigger than Charles Turner. Um, but there's a lot of, you know, guys still kind of shuffling around. You'd also think that Anthony Bradford is going to have a spot on this offensive line, whether it's a right guard or right tackle, seems a little bit undecided at this point. They like him at either spot. Um, but there's a couple of final decisions here because Charles Turner is still in the mix, and so is even Marcus Dumerville, um, so how, and maybe even Emory Jones. Um, is, a, is kind of That's kind of like the guys we've already mentioned, plus those three kind of give them a group of eight or nine that they like in the two deep, which makes them feel good about what they have on the offensive line. They just haven't solidified that five yet. Wilson Alexander of The Advocate joining us for Tiger Talk each and every Monday. Wilson, appreciate the time as always, and uh, we'll do it again next Monday for an official game week. I know. Can't wait. Appreciate the time, man. Thanks for having me, Matt. Y'all have a good one. Tune in next week for another edition of Tiger Talk here on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Had a rough day at work. Got lady problems? Not to worry, because you have two wingmen right here. You can be my wingman anytime. Now back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. It's time to talk some more LSU. We've got some sound from head football coach Brian Kelly from his press conference on Saturday after meeting with the media. And he, he touched on a couple topics. Obviously, you know, the running backs being a big thing, the defense being a big topic of conversation. But here is Brian Kelly with the latest on the quarterback competition. It's pretty clear that it's Nussmeyer and it's Daniels, and they just have more experience, you know, than Walker Howard. Walker's done a great job, but I think, you know, his situation now would be an emergency situation, and, you know, can we redshirt, right? That's kind of where we're at right now. So it's a two-man race, extremely competitive. You know, Jalen does some really good things, you know, obviously his ability to get the ball out of his hands quickly. It's not just, you know, a guy that runs, you know, he threw the ball at a 65% completion ratio last year, pushed the ball down the field very well today. Nuss made some really good plays as well. Unblocked edge player coming at him, gets the ball out of his hands. So this is going to be, look, I wouldn't be surprised if they both get the opportunity to play at some time this year, but we're going to have to name a starter and that's going to happen here pretty quickly. You know, that that's an interesting conversation, James, because Nussmeyers and Daniels both do a lot of things well, right? It, it's going to come down to who does a little bit more over the next week. And, you know, it could be one of those things, like Wilson touched on, could be one of the things where both guys see playing time. I mean, UL's looking at doing a very similar thing. Michael Desimo spoke to that today. Chandler Fields has been named the starter, but Ben Woolridge is going to get a lot of playing time also. Not a two-quarterback system, but they both deserve to play, so it could be a similar thing at LSU. Brian Kelly also spent some time talking about how the running back room was starting to shape up. 
Yeah, as I mentioned, you know, you guys know the situation with with John Emery. Really can't get into the specifics of that because of you know the Buckley Amendment. But he's certainly a guy that's going to be part of what we do this year. Then Noah Kane, as I mentioned, was really impressed with him today. Amani is is a guy that we're going to count on. You know, Williams has has been probably as consistent as as any back that we've had. And Nick Demas has done a really nice job. So Leonard Fournette is not in that backfield. I mean, so you know, we don't have like that marquee guy, if you will. But all of them you know complement each other very well and and I think we'll be very effective at that position I think each one of them can contribute in a manner that will allow us to be successful at the position Brian Kelly thinks he's got jokes he said Leonard Fournette's not in that backfield god I would hope not that would be a uh, that'd be a warning sign for a lot of defenses yikes could you imagine Noah Kane and Leonard Fournette in the same backfield oh boy Yikes! And then John Emery. I mean, you people people are going to tend to forget about John Emery with how much football he's missed over the last year or so. But he was the number three recruit in, in America his senior year of high school out of Destrehan. And people tend to forget that he was committed to Georgia. And Ed Ogeron flipped him. Now... Ed's been known to do some some shady things in recruiting, so nobody knows how that happened. But again, the the fact that he's here, he's a he's a talented player. He's a downhill runner. He's very quick. He knows how to make people miss. You you pair him with Noah Kane, that's a pretty deadly backfield for for the LSU Tigers. Another group that has been very impressive as of late is the defense as a whole. Here's Brian Kelly on who and why the defense has proven to be solid. Well, you've got three guys that I think are elite players. Uh, Mason Smith, uh, Jay Roy, and you know, uh, Ali Gay. They're elite players. Then you add uh, B.J. Ojolari, you know, who can do multiple things for you. He can put his hand down. He can drop. So when when you have a front that has you know four elite players, that's where it starts to allow you to do a lot of things up front and be creative. So Matt now has a, a, you know a great advantage because he can move those guys around and do a lot with them. So I, I just think to have four really good players like that, and then. And then, you know, you've got, you know, a Makai Wingo who's been really good and some really complimentary pieces. You know, we haven't talked a lot about Desmond Little. He's done a really nice job for us. Uh, Jacoby Gilroy's been really good, real solid for us. Depth is probably the other thing that, that makes you feel good about not only four lead players, but having some depth there as well. Quickly update the two poll questions of the day. Football bracket matchup number eight the replacements and draft day so far still 71.4 percent saying the replacements to the 28.6 percent that are saying draft day and then in the other matchup 76.2 percent say the longest yard while 23.8 percent say gridiron gang brandon leger comes in and says people really sleep on gridiron gang it's a great movie any movie that has Dwayne the rock johnson in it I mean, James, I know you're not much of a movie buff, but I know you've seen quite a few. Yeah, I've seen a few. Tell me one movie that you've seen that, that The Rock has been in that you did not enjoy. 
Just any movies in general? Any, anything you can think of that The Rock was in that you didn't like. Wow, that's actually putting me on the spot because I can't recall too many that I've ever seen with The Rock in it. I remember he was in that show. What was it called? It was, it was kind of like based in Miami. Ballers? Yes. Yeah. I, I didn't really watch it, but I know he was in that show. Great. It's a great show. I know, um, I know he's in the Fast movies. Yeah. The late, Lately. Um, Central Intelligence. Jumanji. Jumanji. Jumanji 2. Gridiron Gang. Oh, um, what is it? What is it? Uh, the football player was like a Disney movie. The Game Plan? Yeah. He was, he did, he was there. He was the he QB. Did, he was in Moana. Granted, that was voice acting, but still. Still a part um, of it, and I loved Moana. Moana was fantastic. One of one of the better Disney movies in in recent years. Oh, for sure. Um, no, I mean I I can't t- I can't tell you a single movie that The Rock was in that was that was poor. Yeah, that wasn't very good. I, mean, I, I the, each one has definitely done well for itself. The Rock's just the man. he knows what he's doing. He's the man. He is the man. All right, hour number one in the books. Hour number two. James and I are going to make our predictions for the NFL who we think is going to be division champs and the eventual Super Bowl champion. And then at 5.30, Acadiana High head football coach Matt McCullough is going to join us here to give a preview on his Acadiana Reckon Rams. A lot of returners, a lot of experience. How good can his team be? We'll talk about that with him here on Crunch Time with me, guys, and Mesh, 706-0111. If you want to get in on the hotline in hour number two, we'll, take, we'll wrap up hour number one. Top of the hour sports update and be back with hour number two right here on the game. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. It is your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. It's Monday, coming to you, sour number two on Monday, August 22nd, 2022. A lot of twos in today's date. Crunch time with Miguez and Mesh, Matt Miguez, James Mesh. All right, James, I'm looking at, we were talking earlier about the rain, and I'm looking at the weather forecast. Now, I can only see 14 days out. And for for those that, that don't know, I am getting married. And my wedding is in 18 days. Wait, you're getting married? I am. I, you, you didn't know that? Oh, I'm oh. sorry. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. Sure. <laughs> Moving on. I can only see up to Labor Day, which is the Monday before my wedding. Is it looking good or looking bad? So the Monday, it's supposed to rain. There's a 50% chance of rain. Okay. So I'm going to be very angry if there's rain on my wedding day. But also... You're going to be inside though, right? For most of it, yes. Uh, Our pictures are outside. Oh. Or supposed to be. Uh. Um, <laughs> Good luck with that. But you see, here's the thing. Supposedly, if it rains on your wedding day, that means that you have a lifetime of good luck coming your way. Oh, That's cute. So maybe it could rain on my wedding day. We maybe, all, maybe you are fine with it. We all know Matt needs the luck. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm just not. I'm sorry, that sounds horrible. I'm just. Let's just, let's move on. 
I was going to say, I, w- I want to get to something. Okay, go that ahead. You talked about all last week. Good. Who made it back to practice? Who made it back to practice? Tom Brady. Oh, whatever. Oh, right. he's retiring. Well, okay. Y- you can't tell me that that didn't at least cross your mind a little bit. You can't. I knew that he's probably going to retire after this coming up season, and, but he's and, not going to retire before the season starts. And, and I love how people were like, oh, he took the time off to do the Masked Singer. Give me a break. No, he didn't. I'm going to laugh when it comes out and it was like, oh, he actually did do it. He went to Jamaica with his wife. You know that for sure? That's what a, Bron- a Buccaneers reporter put on Twitter. <laughs> a Broncos. Yeah, I started to say Broncos. Yeah, so he... Supposedly, it was discussed between him and the Bucks that he would value family time and his personal life while still playing football. So it was, you know, everybody talked about how this whole thing was pre-planned. It, it was a pre-planned vacation that he would take with his wife and children during training camp to Jamaica. So that is why Tom Brady took the, you know, 10 to 15 days off of training camp. But like James alluded to, he is back at training camp today. So if you're a Buccaneers fan or just a Tom Brady fan, you, you can, you can sleep easy knowing that your, your precious little boy is back in pads and ready to roll. Baseball news quickly. Dodgers announced that they have signed infielder Max Muncie to a one-year contract extension for $13.5 million for next season with a club option in 2024. So Dodgers fans, a.k.a. Jay Walker, you, you, you got your guy. You got your DH backup first baseman. Good for you. couple other things. The Buffalo Bills released Matt Hack, which means that the punt god, Matt Ariza, is going to be the guy in Buffalo. Following their second preseason matchup, the Buffalo Bills have continued to trim down their roster, getting close to the final 53-man. Matt Hack gets released, and that solidifies that rookie Matt Ariza has officially won the punting job for the current Super Bowl favorite. He was selected number 180 overall in the sixth round of the draft. Ariza has opened eyes with his ability to punt balls nearly the length of the field, including an 82-yard punt in the preseason opener against the Colts. 706-0111 if you want to get in on the top stories of today. A couple other things that we didn't touch on. The BMW Championship yesterday Victor Hovland, Scotty Scheffler, couple big names really hanging around to to try and make an impact. But Patrick Cantlay became the winner. Wins another another thrilling tournament. The defending tour champ will enter the tour championship as the number two seed with the opportunity to win a second straight tour championship. He finished at a 14-under 270 for the tournament. He was grouped with 
Xander Shoffley all four rounds of the BMW Championship. And once again, we'll look to make it two straight tour championships next weekend in East Lake, Michigan. James, update the poll question. You know, I know you're a big draft day fan, so that would be your choice out of the out of the other matchup. Yeah, I'm crying looking at the results right now. But uh Longest Yard Gridiron Gang. Give me longest yard for sure. Because you haven't seen Gridiron Gang. Partially, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's part of the reason, but I also I just really like Adam Sandler movies. And I per, I per, it's just I've seen that one. That's what I grew up on. I haven't seen the original one, but that is something that I would look into soon. JK says if you know what's good for you, you will vote for the replacements. <laughs> and, and and I'm not knocking it. I'm not saying it's a bad movie. It is I'd a be great willing to, movie. I'd be willing to watch it too. That is a great movie. It's just for me, it's hard for me to sit down for two hours to watch something. Hey, just remember, football is like a one-man cult. You told me this earlier. I forgot how it goes. Because Clifford Franklin is the only one catching it. And Clifford Franklin is the only one coming down with it. There it is, yeah. <laughs> and then, that that's one great quote from The Replacements. But then another one. And I've modified it because I think it flows better when you say it my way. It's my way or the highway. Well, of course. The quote in the movie is, pain is temporary, chicks dig scars, glory lasts forever. I say it, pain is temporary, glory lasts forever, chicks dig scars. So Keanu Reeves basically comes back into the the big game. I want to say it was their first playoff game or the game to get them into the playoffs. And he comes back in after getting injured earlier in the game, and that's what he tells his O-line, is that pain is temporary, chick sticks guards, and glory lasts forever. And so they go on like this big you know, game-winning drive to, to win the game. And it's just a great movie. Um, I mean, Keanu Reeves, what a great actor. Gene Hackman plays the coach. It, it's cool. Um, it, it, it relates back to the to the strike, the player strike from the, the 90s and the NFL basically having to get retired players and college players to to come be replacement players in, in the league. So that was that was kind of the story of the movie, The Replacements. Definitely a phenomenal, phenomenal movie. If you haven't checked it out, definitely take the time to do so. Louisiana Raging Cajuns head coach Michael Desermo spoke with the media Saturday after their scrimmage, and he spoke about the growth of his offensive line. Jeff and Brian are, are really good football coaches. Um, you know, I mean, there, there's no, there's no denying it. And you know, those guys work really hard at it. Um, I think the thing that I appreciate the most about our coaches is, you know, you can have this plan kind of in place going into it. And as things progress, the plans have to change constantly inventorying the things that you've got to improve on. Right. And our defense, they, they've got we've got some good pass rushers up there. So, you know, pass pro is something that, you know, we work it every day and they do a great job. They work the games. They work the techniques that it takes to win one on ones pass rushes. I mean, it's one of the hardest things to do in the world, in my opinion, is play tackle out there on an island 
and have to kick slide out there to a nine technique and then pass prone long enough for a quarterback to get the ball off. So they just, they're really good teachers. Um, they've inventoried techniques and, and they got those guys, you know, I know the, the, everyone's talking about the guys we lost up front. A lot of those cats have played a lot of football, though. Rubio, Nate played a lot for us in the year, David Hudson, A.J. Gilly. All those guys that, were, that are in there, I mean, a lot of them have played a lot of ball. So, you know, you, you go through and you say, well, you got a little bit more of a veteran group than what I think people kind of speak on, which is fine. But those guys, I mean, they, they're, they're pros, man. I mean, they take the coaching and they, they make corrections and they get better. The Cajuns' offensive line will have a lot to replace, replacing four starters from last year. But one thing that was positive about Billy Napier's mindset was a lot of the guys that are filling the spots have played before. So although it's a new group, it's still a fairly experienced group. Uh, Here's Michael Desermo talking about his thoughts on the second scrimmage with his opening statement. All right, you know, so that pretty much wraps up camp. Good day, you know, guys competing back and forth. You know, certainly got a lot of things to clean up early on, turnover in the red zone, you know, a couple jumping off sides a couple times on defense, you know, and, and just executing some critical situations. And I think the whole point of today was to understand what the situation is and what the objective is. And you've got to operate, and I think we've been really good at doing that the last four years, and that's why we've won so many close games, you know, over the course of the last two years. And, you know, today I, you saw a lot of good stuff. You know, scrimmage is always hard, right, because one side does it great and it's the other side's, you know, it, it's you're never really happy, you know, whenever you're whenever you're watching the whole thing. So a lot of good stuff, though. The competition's been great the whole way through. And today was, was no exception. You know, you saw a lot of good back and forth, a lot of plays made on both sides of the ball. You know, it's uh, we're in a good spot headed into southeastern starting to prep for that. Still got a few practices that'll be mostly good on good with a little bit of uh, emphasis on the opponent. But, um, you know, for us, the biggest thing is we've got to continue to get better. And you got two weeks to do it before you play. So the, the question is how much progress can you make, right? How much? We've made a lot in the last two and a half weeks. How much can we make going forward before this next game? And if we can make as much as we have the last two weeks, we'll be in a really good spot. And lastly, you know, Kenneth Almendaris comes back as the kicker for Louisiana after missing most of the season with a broken foot last year. But the Cajuns have a lot of competition behind him in young guys like Logan Klotz and Preston Stafford, who was a walk-on transfer from LSU. Michael Desermo says, yes, it's Kenny Almendares' job to lose, but the other two guys aren't necessarily behind. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they're behind. I think it's, it's, it's pretty neck and neck. Stafford today was really impressive with some of the kicks. Again, it's never a one-day thing, you know what I mean? I mean? And I've talked to Luke about it. We'll take it as long as we feel that we need to to get there. But you've got, you know, three options. I think we're in a really good spot at kicker uh, with guys. You know, Kenny did not have his best day today. You know, he's been really good all camp, but today wasn't it. But, you know, it's going to happen like that sometimes. So, you know, we'll go back and we'll go through the, through the whole deal and we'll kind of make sure that we feel really good about who goes out there and who gives us a chance to, to make the kicks that we need. You know, I, I wouldn't say that it, you know, necessarily, but it's, it's kind of, you know, really all three of them, they're getting equal reps at it because they've all produced and, and kind of made it a competition. The Arneville Volunteer Fire Department is hosting their Black Pot Cook-Off Saturday, September 10th. The cooking begins at 8 a.m. and the eating will start at noon to the Flower Auditorium in Arneville. There will also be plenty of live music, including Gerald Grunick and Gentilly Zydeco, Dustin Sonier, and Sweet Cecilia. For more information, visit www.arnevillefire.org. We'll take a time out when we return. You'll hear from Dennis Allen recapping 
the Saints preseason game against the Packers. And James and I will give you our predictions for both the NFC South and the NFC East. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh on the game at Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. It's your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Man, poor Paul. Why why why, why you gotta take the man's onion rings, foot? That's horrible. Crunch time with you guys in mesh 20, 20 minutes after 5 o'clock. Here on your Monday afternoon, Dennis Allen spoke with the media after the Saints fell to the Green Bay Packers 20-10. to 10. You also heard from Ian Book, Tony Jones Jr., and Will Lutz. Here's Dennis Allen with his opening statement. So disappointed in the loss. Too many penalties, turned the ball over, and we let them run the ball on us. And you can't do that and expect to win. And doesn't matter whether it's a preseason game or We've got to be better in those areas. And that was disappointing to see, you know, all the penalties. It's disappointing to see that we turned the ball over again for the second straight week. So that's got to get cleaned up. There were some positives in the game, obviously. You know, defensively, we take the ball away there at the end of the first half, create a, uh, a forced fumble and, and end up getting a, a touchdown to, to end the first half. I thought that was good. It was good to see Will Lutz kick a 59-yarder. So that was, you know, a positive in the game. So, look, we got to go back to work and keep getting better. You know, it's funny. Uh, Friday night after the game, I'm, I'm sitting there watching the post-game show, and they show a live clip of, of Dennis Allen speaking with the media. And my fiance is, is laying on the couch, you know, next to me. And he talks about, you know, disappointed in the loss, too many penalties, turned the ball over. She looks at me, she says, why does that sound like every Saints press conference? And I was like, "Don't say that. Don't don't even do that. The shooting in the foot. Uh, don't, that's a classic. Don't even do that. Um, it happens way too often. It, it does happen way too often, and I think that's part of the the thing about being a Saints fan is that you kind of, you know, may, maybe maybe you let little things bother you too much." And maybe that's just because of all the pain you've been through as a Saints fan. Or maybe it's just the fact that you you maybe got spoiled the last fifteen years. Well I don't I don't know about spoiled. I don't know. It's the most success that Saints I mean, organization has definitely ever had. If uh, you're a Saints fan, agreed. I mean you you got a taste of success and now you're now you're a perfectionist. But even those fifteen years went through peaks and valleys. Oh, there definitely was. I mean, there was what, two straight years the Saints didn't make the playoffs? Well, 2014 through 2016, they went seven and nine and missed the playoffs. Three, okay, so three straight years they didn't make the playoffs. So yeah, I mean there were there were definitely peaks and valleys there. And then I, you also had the bounty year where 2012 yeah. was almost a throwaway because you lost multiple players on the defense, and right. then you lost Sean Payton. What what would you finish into in, in 2014? I mean 2012. Seven and nine. Seven and nine. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean it's definitely gone up and down. So I don't know that I'd use the word spoiled. Um, privileged, well, if, maybe. If you if you compare it to what the rest of the franchise well, has done in its history, that's, that's very true. That's very true. Uh, Will Lutz came back in the fold Friday night, hitting a fifty nine yarder to to show that uh, Lutz is back. Will spoke with the media afterwards and said it felt really good to have a long kick. Yeah, it felt good. It was good to get a long one out of the way uh, in the preseason, just to kind of validate the work we put in. Um, Zach and Blake have been awesome this whole training camp. And so having that confidence with them going into really any kick is, is huge, and that's what this time of year is for. We'll also spend some time talking about his holder and punter in Blake Gillikin. Blake's on fire right now. He's got a, he's got a cannon of a leg. It's no, no surprise. I mean, there were four really good punts, and two of them were just 
absolute missiles. So I'm happy for him. And, you know, same thing as I said, build the confidence and roll into the season. The fact that that man got random drug tested. He became another victor of the quote-unquote random drug test. That That is ultimate disrespect. You're, you are accusing that man of using performance-enhancing drugs because he hit a good punt. Shame on you. When all last year he was doing the same thing. Shame on you. That is horrible. And you can't say, oh, well, it was random. Bull crap, it was random. I never heard of Matt Ariza getting one. He, he got a drug test two days after he hit an 81-yard punt. How was how that random? No, that's Goodell going, or maybe not Goodell, but like one of his little minions. His little minions. Hey, test that guy. He's roiding. Hey, go get him. Come on, man. Get out of here with that. You know you know who I want to see get random drug tested? Where, where's Patrick Mahomes? Where's Lamar Jackson? You want, you want to talk about elite athletes? Josh Allen. Test those dudes. I bet you I bet you their fans won't think it's a uh random. I mean, come on, man. And and you said he Matariza. What, just because he hasn't been in the league long enough? Blake Gillikin's only in his second year. He was a rookie last year. You you can't tell me that that's just a random drug test. But I love how he handled it. He posted a screenshot of the text messages. And of course, he he blocked out the name of the NFL employee to be to be respectful, and uh, it said, you know, please take this drug test Monday or, or Sunday before ten a.m. or whatever it was. And he he posted it to his Twitter, and he said, "Pun at your own risk, folks." <laughs> it's like I love that. I love I love how he handled that. All right, James, let's look at the NFC South and the NFC East. We'll give our predicted order of finish. We'll start with the NFC South. I'm going to tell you first who I think is going to be dead last, and it is going to be the Atlanta Falcons. I agree. There's a lot of turnover. You now have a completely different quarterback. Your wide receiver one is out because he decided to make a parlay. Which is which is a conversation for another day because that's insane also. you got a second-year tight end who's still trying to develop. He's a all-world talent, but you're still trying to develop him. And to the player that you want him to be, you got a rookie receiver. Cordero Patterson isn't what he used to be, or at least was last year. O-line's okay, and the defense just sucks. So, yeah, I, I got I got them last as well. I, I, I'm i not even going to explain why, because I just agree with you 100% on everything you just said. Um, so, third, Carolina. I got Carolina there as well. I think the win total is going to be boosted because... Baker is now going to be the quarterback instead of Sam Darnold. They're they're, they're a slightly above five hundred team, nine and eight, ten and seven. I wouldn't say ten and seven. I'm looking more at eight and nine, nine and eight. It just kind of depends on what happens. No, um, I I think Baker's going to do a lot of good things for them. And then if Christian McCaffrey can stay healthy, I mean, you just never know. So, second, be careful with this one. I'm going Tampa. I'm going Tampa, and I'm not being a homer here. The Saints have had Tampa's number over the last couple of years. The Saints are going to be a much improved team from what they were a year ago. And let's be honest, 
even with how much the Saints struggled last year, they were, what, a game away from winning the division? No, a, a couple games. Because Tampa went 12 and 5. 12 and 5, and the Saints went 9 and 8. 9 and 8. So you were three games back. But still, I, I think this Saints team, you know, if, if they 13 stay, and 4. If they stay healthy, is is a team that you know probably goes 12 and 5 11 and 6 I think Tampa takes a step back cuz Tom Brady's not invincible you lost a lot on the O line you don't know what kind of player you're going to get out of Leonard Fournette you don't know if Chris Godwin's going to be 100% throughout the year your defense has taken a hit now don't get me wrong defense is still going to be good but they've they've lost a bit and then, what kind of coach is Todd Bowles going to be? He's never really had much success as a coach. I was going to say, that's what. That's another thing that most people are not talking about. They always want to talk about D.A., but they don't want to talk about how Todd Bowles is now the, the head coach. Yep. And last time he was a head coach, he failed there as well. Yep. So it's like, why, why does Todd Bowles get the pass, but D.A. doesn't? So I, I think it's going to be a down-to-the-wire type of division race between the Saints and the Bucks, and I think the Saints edge it out. I think both of them end up going... 11 and 6, but because the Saints have the better matchups and I believe they ultimately have a good chance of sweeping the Bucks again. Because of that, you give the edge to New Orleans so they win the division. They'll end up being either a 3 or 4 seed, so they won't be able to have the bye week, but nevertheless, in the playoffs. They they're in the playoffs and they get a home playoff game. I mean, I, as as somebody that's covered the Saints for a long time and somebody who's watched the Saints for his entire life, I I think a playoff appearance in year one under Dennis Allen is a uh, is a success. I completely agree. Um, NFC East dead last. Commanders. Yeah, I'm going Commanders as well. I mean, it just feels like a dumpster fire. I, I hate to say it, but dumpster fire's putting it nicely. But look, I mean, that's bad, this bro. Is, that's race team, but Ray even agrees. It's like it's terrible. Hey, it's a terrible situation. You know who's going to be good though for the Commanders? Terry McLaurin. Well, yes, but I'm talking about newcomer Brian Robinson. Okay, yes. Are you Are you gonna say Carson Wentz? No. Okay, I was gonna say you better not. Percy Butler. Percy Butler. Ah, yes. Dude's having yes. an incredible camp. Now I'm a homer because he's a Cajuns guy, but still, Percy Butler's having an incredible camp up in Washington, and uh, I, I think he makes a big impact for the Commanders this year. Third, New York Giants. I think Saquon. Makes a big step forward. Um, I don't know that he likes the world on fire, but but he shows this year that that he can be competent as a running back in this league. I, I think your biggest question mark still though is, what are you going to get out of Daniel Jones? Yeah, and that's why you got the Bills quarterback coach and Brian Dable. Yeah, so that's why you got him to help improve. But so far from hearing camp and watching some videos, doesn't look too hot. I think they'll be better. I think two years removed from Saquon, they'll have a really good year. I still like Kadarius Tony. I think he could be one of those breakout receivers. Yep. O-line, it's definitely improved. I like what they've done on the O-line. They've improved the last few years. And I think the defense is okay to solid. So Okay to solid. I don't want to – yeah, okay to solid. I don't want to say <laughs> they're I, – I think they'll go – I feel like 6-10 and 10 is 7-11. and 11. Or six and eleven, seven and ten. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, 
But the, 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 the Kayvon Thibodeau injury hurts. Yeah, at least it's not an ACL. That's true. That's but true. I think looking at the Commanders, I see them going four and thirteen. Yikes! Maybe three and fourteen. I don't know. I see them Oof. having one of those top picks, especially since Chase Young isn't going to be the same since he's. This is going to be his first year off of the ACL. Carson Wentz might retire if uh, if he uh, if he has that bad of a year. Yikes! Well, maybe he maybe he breaks both his elbows somehow after breaking like both of his ankles last year. Second place. Ready for this? Let's hear it. Dallas Cowboys. Oh, are you looking at my notes? No, I'm not. I, what notes? Play along with Joe. Oh. <laughs> no, because I had the same thing. Yes, I'm I have, looking at your notes, James. Because I have the Cowboys going 11, 6, 12, and 5. All the NFC East teams have really easy schedules. If you look at the strength of schedule based off of last year, all four of them have... The fourth, all four easiest. So, even though Dallas is taking a step back, I can still see them going 11, 6, 12, and 5. But when it comes down to it, I'm leaning towards Philly because of the additions that they've made, whereas Dallas has been making subtractions. Yep. You got to look at the trends. And this is, this is now or never pretty much for Jalen Hurts. Oh, so if 100%. J- so, if Jalen wants to step up, now is the time. And I feel like now is that time. It's the same thing with Jameis Winston. Like they are both on prove it years. And this is where you see a step forward. They go twelve and five. They have a really easy schedule. You got new weapons. You're still in a run heavy offense. And this is going to be your second year with Sirianni and you've learned it more. I mean, yep. this is the time. Agreed. Agreed one hundred percent. Um it'll be it'll be fun to to watch the NFL and you know, this fantasy football league that we're doing is gonna make it that much uh that much better i'm looking forward to it it'll be a fun year delta media is your home for some thrilling high school football this season's lineup includes st thomas moore on the game 1037 lafayette acadiana high on me tv 97.7 karen crow on z1059 Southside on mustang 107.1 the vermilion parish game of the week on 106.3 radio lafayette the St. Landry Parish Game of the Week on News Talk 98.5, and Barb on the Game 104.1 in Lake Charles. Make sure to download the station's free mobile apps to listen to your favorite teams at home or on the road. Delta Media is your home for Friday night football. We'll take a time out when we return. The head coach of the Reckon Rams, Matt McCullough, will join us to give you a preview of the Rams in 3-5-A. You're listening to the game. It's Southwest Louisiana's sports station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. We love talking about sports. Yeah. You love listening to sports. Yeah. Sounds like we were meant to be together, or at least friends with benefits. Aren't you glad you found us? Yep. Yep. Back to more of the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. FanDuel wants to get you ready for game day when college football kicks off this week. Right now, new customers can get $150 in free bets guaranteed for week one. Just place a $5 bet and you can get $150 in free bets, win or lose. I'm taking the over on six and a half wins for the LSU Tigers this season. You can also try a same game parlay. You can jump in on the action with live betting, or you can go big with all the promotions like odds boost. If you're thinking about joining FanDuel, now is the perfect time to give it a shot. 
The app is super simple and easy to use. They're always hooking you up with great odds, and when you win, you'll get your earnings fast. So see for yourself why FanDuel is America's number one sportsbook. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app today and sign up using promo code KLWB and place a $5 bet to get $150 in free bets guaranteed to kick off the college football season. That's promo code KLWB. You must be 21 and older and present in Louisiana permitted parishes only. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in 14 days after the receipt. Restrictions do apply. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. And if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-877-770-STOP. Thank you, James. Welcome back. Crunch time with me, guys, and Mesh 40 minutes after the hour. Kidiana High School football coming soon next week is the official start to the season, although jamborees happen this week. The head coach of the Acadiana High Wrecking Rams, Mr. Matt McCullough, joins us on the hotline. Coach, thanks for taking the time. How are you? Doing good, man. Thanks for having me. So let's start with, with last season, you know, 11-3, and three, strong year for the Wrecking Rams, not quite up to the standard of Acadiana football. And then, you know, looking at 2022, Again, another year where it's not an easy schedule. You know, what's the mindset of both you and your coaching staff to kind of keep your players in that take it one game at a time mentality? Well, we got a routine and a plan that we that we do every week. You know, starting on Monday, really starting on Saturday, but starting on Monday, and um, you know, to get us prepared for um, for the game on Friday night. You know, certain things we do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Our guys kind of understand it. And, um, you know, uh, the goal is to, is to prepare well a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday so we can play, play well on Fridays. Kevin Williams is back in the backfield after having a, a monster year last year. Talk about, you know, kind of his progression this offseason to, to take his game to an even bigger level. Well, Kevin's always been an extremely hard worker. You know, he put on some weight. He's probably close to 190 now. He's faster than he was. Had a real good off season. Played well in the scrimmage um, last Friday. You know, does a good job of catching the ball at the backfield. Does a good job of blocking. You know, he's just a good football player. On your offensive line, you know, running running the Veer offense, it, it's huge for any offense to have a, a great offensive line, but especially for the Veer, four guys back on that O-line from last year. With that much experience coming back, what's this offseason been like from a preparation standpoint with those guys? Well, we're able to run a lot of the stuff um, that you might not be running this time of year, but we still got some technique stuff we got to work on. You know, we're still improving. You know, um, even with them guys playing a bunch of games and playing all the last year, there's always some stuff you can work on and get better and better. You know, we saw some things uh, in the scrimmage last Friday that were good, and saw some things we got to fix. Uh, but we do have a chance to be pretty good up front. And then at quarterback, you got Aiden Trahan. What can you tell us about him, and uh, what stands out about the junior? Well, he just had a lot of experience from last year. You know, he's running the offense well. Um, you know, he did well in the scrimmage. Uh, we got a luxury of having two guys that can play now. We have another sophomore that we believe can go in there and play too. So we haven't had that in a long time. So, um, but uh, but Aiden's done a good job, and then we got uh, the better kid that can play uh, some quarterback too. So, you know, we've always been a little nervous the last few years because we haven't had two guys that we thought we could put in the game. So that's a big thing for us too. Chat with Matt McCullough, head coach of the Acadiana High Wrecking Rams. Six starters returning on defense, coach, which is massive. You know, Acadiana's always had the tradition of putting great defenses out on the field. 
talk about the, the defense and the work they've done this offseason to continue that tradition. Yeah, we got a chance to be good on defense. You know, we've got a couple guys back at each level. Um, thought we played pretty pretty well um, in the, in the scrimmage. There's always stuff you can improve on. Um, good news is we run pretty well. Um, I think over time we'll get better and better, but I, I do think we have a chance to be good on defense. Looking at the district, District 3-5A, with the you know rezoning, redistricting that has taken place, Acadiana, Barb, Karen Crow, Como, Lafayette High, New Iberia, Sam Houston, Southside, and Sulphur. Barb and Sulphur have always, you know, been elite competition, but now Karen Crow is back in that district. Talk about, you know, the the redistricting and and what that kind of does for from a from a planning standpoint. Looking at the scouting and the schedule. Well, we play we get to play eight district games now, so you only got to find two non district games available. Uh, we play LCA week one and John Curtis week seven, and then our eight district games. So, um, you know, it's a good schedule. You know, we've got some good teams in our district. We've got two good non-district games. Um, it's definitely a schedule that will get us ready um, and play against some good competition uh, and get us ready for the playoffs. Jalen Lawrence has been a staple defensively for you. Kind of talk about his growth on that defensive side of the football and what fans can expect. Well, he's a guy that can run, plays hard, is physical, um, can play multiple positions. You know, he play, could play some safety if we needed it. Also plays linebacker. So, you know, um, he's a guy that can do a lot of things, and, and, and he's active over there and can run. And he also can be physical and walk up on the line of scrimmage. So, you know, he's just a good football player. Lastly, Coach, talk to me about your coaching staff for this 2022 season and if there's any other players that, that we didn't hit on that you would like to hit on. Well, we got a lot of the guys uh, back uh, on the coaching staff. Um, and, you know, of course, those guys do a really good job. You know, we've been able over the years to keep a lot of our guys, and, and that's always a key, um, I believe, uh, to keep the coaching staff together and then also at times bringing some new guys that are good coaches. So, you know, um, speaking of our assistants, they do a tremendous job. And then uh, player-wise, you know, I, I don't know, we've got a bunch of guys that I think could contribute and do well for us this year. Coach Matt McCullough of the Acadiana High Reckon Rams, they opened their season on September 3rd against LCA. And once again, that very tough District 3-5A. Coach, really appreciate you taking the time. Best of luck this season. And uh, we'll talk to you down the line. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. And there he goes, head coach Matt McCullough of the Acadiana High Wrecking Rams. You know, James, that's always a, a powerhouse, not only in Acadiana, but really in the state. You know, Acadiana always has this expectation of being an elite football program in this state. Yeah, and I'm so glad that we have them a part of our family of stations. Yeah. Because you, you got Acadiana, always really good. STM, always a big standout. Always makes it deep in the playoffs. Karen Crow, huge staple as well. And then you got the new up-and-comer in Southside. Yep, 7-4 I mean, last year. It, it's, it's great that we have this many good teams and then we have not necessarily a rotating door, but we're able to hit on a lot of options when it comes to both the St. Landry and the Vermilion Parish. Yep. Yeah, that that's huge to, to be able to do the, the game of the week for both Vermilion Parish and St. Landry Parish. And again, you know, you touched on St. Thomas More, perennial powerhouse year in and year out. Acadiana, same thing. Karen Crow just won the state championship back in 2020. Southside, up and comer, got a great head coach in Josh Fontenot. You know, so on and so forth. 
if you're looking for great high school football to listen to this fall, Delta Media is definitely, you know, we, we touched on it earlier, that this is definitely the place for you. We've got six great stations that are going to bring you six fantastic high school football games each and every Friday night. We'll take our final timeout of the show today. When we come back, we'll update the poll question and we'll get you on your way to your Monday evening right here on The Game. It's Southwest Louisiana's sports station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. From the Louisiana Raging Cajuns to the latest with the New Orleans Saints and Pelicans. Miguez and Mesh cover it all. I'm not worried. Uh, I think it's something that I can get under control. Now back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh on The Game. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Matt Miguez, James Mesh, 53 minutes after the hour. Got about four minutes left in today's show. Looking at the poll questions of the day, it looks like the longest yard and the replacements are going to win their respective battles here on the football bracket. You know, thing, things are going to get very interesting down down the back stretch. I mean, remember the Titans and Jerry Maguire could be a close matchup. Any given Sunday in the blind side could be a close matchup. And then you've got Friday Night Lights and the Water Boy. That's going to be a close matchup, too. It's going to get very fun with this football bracket as we get down the back stretch. But James, I got to ask you: a Monday night in Mesh World, what are you doing? I'm going to do some tinkering with that league that I just created. Mm-hmm. Also, like we said before, you want to join either the RP3 and Company and Hannah Five Names League, or if you want to join the Under the Dome with CD League, or if you want to join our league, hit us up. Hit us up. So far, Dusty Vadrina hit us up. So he's our third member. So got plenty of spaces. So we'll have eleven spots in our league. So if you want to get in, yeah, get you, in. You got to get in. You got to. I, I I envision by the middle of this week, our league will be booked. So if if you want in, there's no buy-in. This isn't a a, a pay-to-play league. It is a um, it's just a friendly competition. It, it's a bragging rights league. So if you want to get in, one one hundred percent, hit one of us up on social media. Message the game. You know, whatever it may be, and uh, we can get you squared away from there. Um, and so again, you know, looking at the football bracket, th- things could get could get interesting with with the best football movie of all time. And then again, a little later on in the fall, we'll do a basketball movie, baseball movies in the spring, so on and so forth. Who knows? Maybe at, at some random point, we might just throw a all sports movies bracket at you. That could uh, that that could also be very fun. So you're gonna tink, you're gonna mess with the league. What else are you doing tonight? Other than doing work stuff. Yeah. Two. Let's see. What what's what's a Monday night in James Mesh's world looking like? Uh, I get home. Finally eat dinner. I usually don't get home till like eight thirty. I mean, I know that. So I so I, I get a little more tired after that. I know there's a lot of girls beating down your door. So oh yeah, no doubt. Uh huh. You know, fighting them off with a stick. Yeah, just eh, get away. Right. Well, yeah. I, don't, I don't know if that's what you're saying, but okay. Get away. Uh, one at a time. Uh, one no. at a time. <laughs> yeah, one at a time. No, uh, I probably will uh, play something with one of my friends. or just It just kind of depends some on the fall, night. Some fall guys. Maybe fall guys. I was supposed to do that last week because my friend was off the whole second half of the week, but 
never hit me up, and I never hit him up, so I don't know. Maybe Fall Guys, maybe some Yu-Gi-Oh. I don't know. Just kind of depends. My Monday night? Um, spent with your dog and your fiancé. Spent with the dog and the fiancé. I've got some high school football prep work to do, and I've got wedding paperwork to fill out. That's what happens when you turn 25, man. Oh, yeah. You, you, you have to start doing adult stuff. I still got two and a half years. Yeah, and enjoy it. Yeah. Believe me. Oh, I am. Enjoy it. That's going to do it for the Monday edition of Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Really appreciate Wilson Alexander joining us for Tiger Talk like he does each and every Monday. I appreciate Acadiana High Football Head Coach Matt McCullough joining us for a preview into his Wrecking Rams tomorrow to the Moon Tuesdays with Apollo HOU. We'll do that and much more. For James Mesh, I'm Matt Miguez reminding you to be safe, be well, give a hug to your mom and them. And this is the game, Southwest Louisiana's sports station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. CBS Sports Radio is next.